Okay, so today we are talking credit card churn, yay or nay. (laughs) And this is an interesting test case for the whole disentanglement strategy. We're taking it up somewhat logically following on the previous episode because we mentioned that we became devotees of FI, financial independence, and trying to figure out how to be both frugal with our spending as well as wise in our shorter and longer term investing. Um, And one of the strategies often recommended by the FI community is credit card churn based on like where you get points well, or benefits. Well, travel rewards is probably a better way of talking yeah. about it. You, you were the one who led us down this merry path, and, which, um, and we'll talk about why this is an interesting case, because for once you actually get a material financial benefit from your data extraction. However, it's still data extraction. So right. talk us through the credit card churn logic, Mr. Andre. Uh, basically... Uh, if you live, uh, if you are financially uh, domiciled in the United States, uh, maybe Canada. Um, I don't know if this extends to other countries, but uh, credit cards often offer significant bonuses in miles or points for signing up. Um, most of these cards come from Chase Bank, but there are other ones from Capital One and from um, uh, um, from Bank of America, etc. And they give you generic points as bonuses for using their services. Um, this started with airline miles that everybody knows about. Everybody has a membership fee, a membership um, airline account, and the more you fly, you get frequent flyer miles, and you can use those to buy upgrades or to buy flights. Um, um, so credit cards are like frequent spender miles. Yeah, and a lot of people get cash back, which is sort of another form of this, but it, they're basically incentives via the credit card companies to get people to use their products over others, also to extend as much credit as possible to people and to get them using and paying um, interest fees, which is where partly where they make their money. Um, yeah, so there's there's um, a number, lots of these programs, and they're very valuable. I mean, it's not um, it's, it's not pittances, pittance. If you successfully carry through on the strategy and maximize the amount of points you can get within a household, if you have a small business, uh, we're talking about a family of four being able to travel for free almost three or four times a year around inter- domestically or maybe once um, internationally. Now, we started doing this in particular because we have an international life. Um, Plane tickets to return home um, are very expensive. Um, And usually we would have to do it during the peak times because of our kids' vacation. Right, right. So um, we this is a strategy. We've always had low salary, high freedom. So since we had a more more leeway and when we could travel – we thought we would use this as a strategy for traveling. Though I recall that you really got into this in the two-year interim between foreign countries of residence. Because I remember that like we we somehow got on everybody's mailing list where we were living. And I would show you, like, oh, we got this credit card offer. Because I was thinking, Mr. Andre likes credit card offers. And you would look and like scoff, like, that is nowhere near enough. No, no, no. We're holding out for the, you know, 100,000-point bonus offer. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we started doing it then because we had, at that point, no income. Uh, despite the fact, despite that fact, we were still being given lots of offers because our credit was good. We we didn't have no income. <laughs> we had very but, little uh, income. 
but we were um, actually for a while we were technically below the state's poverty line, oh, which yeah. was completely unrealistic because we were living with family members. Right. So um, so much so that that we got a <laughs> call from the social worker at our at our son's school at his um, public school. At yeah. Public school when we shared an address with uh, our, our parents, so they were concerned that. Um, no, remember what the specific question? Yeah, the was? specific was, um, "Are you sleeping on the couch?" Right. <laughs> to which my to which my dad sort of had a smirk because we, we had our own room a, a guest room in the back of their house. Because they have a big house. They it have a big not, house. It was not poverty circumstances no, of living. No, we at that at, by that point had um, bought a, a, a Japanese style futon, which we were using to sleep uh, on the floor. And so my dad said, "You should have res- you should have responded to that question." No, no, we sleep on the floor. <laughs> Which probably in like social work lingo is even lower down than the sofa. Yeah. So anyway, um, but we and we, I just want to say this is not an episode about welfare, but we didn't, despite being below the poverty line, we did not qualify for food stamps, now called SNAP, because we shared meals with the family members we were living with, and welfare is so paranoid of taking advantage of points that if you had other people in the house who might conceivably eat the food that the government bought you, you just wouldn't get it at all. This this is why people complain that welfare is destructive of families. All right, now back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled program. Yeah, so we started um, getting various credit cards, uh, and t- in order to get the points. Now you can also accumulate points with when you when you buy things with them. They have different multipliers. Say if you have a travel card and you're buying airplane tickets, they multiply them by five. Or if you're buying gas, it multiplies them by two, etc. There's all kinds of internal complicated accounting that goes on here. Um, that I didn't really pay attention to that. Most of the most of the bang for your buck is in having um, using the the sign up bonus, right? And also, these almost inevitably after the first year carry a not insubstantial fee to maintain right, them, which is usually waived for the first year. So um, often, often the fee can be a hundred dollars for the year, um, uh, but it's usually waived for a year. Right. And so I think the strategy on the part of the company is that you'll just keep the credit card, forget about it, and keep paying the fee year right. after year without really noticing. Right. That's from that part. They, they get a fee. The fee is an incentive. Um, it's, they, they get the fee, and they are obviously earn some money off of it. Um, but uh, the other thing that they're making money off of, and... So they're making money off of the fee. They're making money off of the interest payments when people do carry a balance on your credit cards. Of course, and people, you don't do that, right? You always pay off your credit cards every single month, and you don't spend money you don't have to pay them off, right? Right. Okay. Moving on. Uh, So we would always pay it off. So we never carried a balance. We didn't pay any interest. Um, And occasionally, some of these offers with business cards, for example, the fee is not waived. Um, But sometimes you can get a credit for it. So like. If you get a card, so it'll have a high fee, like $400, but if you use it for travel, then they'll, um, as long as you use it for travel, then they'll apply that to the travel. So, I mean, there's ways of getting around. The fees aren't as high as they seem to be. We never got the $400 card, though. Uh, no, we actually did get one that had a, high, a pretty high fee, but you could apply it to, um, you can apply that to towards travelers. I don't Whatever oh, it was, it right. worked out. Okay. Well, so the result was, oh, you were going to say that the, 
what's the other way that they pay for these huge bonuses, though? Well, the other, the main, no, well, the main way actually is through merchant fees. So when merchants have um, a credit card, that's not what I was, <laughs> that's not what I was angling for. Everybody knows that the specific no, 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 like, big this, bonuses. This, this, is, this is important because okay. because merchants, um, uh, in order to have a credit card machine, as anybody who's sold anything with a credit card machine knows, um, it's not free, and it's pretty significant. The fee can be up to like three percent or five percent, right. even if you use Square or uh, online. Those are not insignificant fees, and those are going largely to the credit card company. That's how they make their money. Right. Um, okay. Now, what's the third way that they make their money, which is our well, they also here. monetize the data. They aggregate uh, the that data. That was the right answer. <laughs> Well, it's one of it's it's one of the revenue streams that they have. I don't know if I'm sure it's not the large. It's definitely not the largest, but it is one thing they do with with um, your buying information is that, that they aggregate it and they put it together and they figure out how people are spending their money and they use that to to create a credit score for you. They share it with various vendors. I mean, if you look at the privacy policy, all this is lined out when they whenever it says third party. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's what that means. When it says third party, it means they may share it. With. Some of that is legitimate, like they contract certain services with people, and f- fine. I mean, not every business can do everything, and contracting with subcontractors is totally normal, depending on what it is and what kind of data they're sharing. You know, that, that can be okay. But they do also sell and aggregate your data. That, um, yeah, that's one. All right, reality. so I think we'll come back to weighing out the the benefits and drawbacks of that. But I thought what we would do now is. After our budgeting software conversation, we decided it was time to actually figure it out how many credit cards we have, yeah. which ones we're using, which ones are worth it, are any still drawing down fees, and so forth. And so I think we were a little shocked to discover that we had seven, eight active credit cards, and that's just in the U.S. This does not include the one credit card and three debit cards in our nation of residence, which we're just going to set aside for now. Uh, yeah, actually a couple more than that. Okay. <laughs> and we're not going to cover all the debit cards we have either. So this is ju- and yeah. those also will track, obviously. Right. Those are uh, pretty much every checking account and even some savings accounts you get now. Anywhere they give you a debit card um, right. that's often a Visa or MasterCard branded and so I, we're not counting those cuz those simply go with other kinds of accounts. Right. They right. don't extend credit either. It's simply Yeah, so this is not about banking generally and the data extraction from banking, which we may get to at some point, but this is specifically about credit cards. Right. So let's talk through, Mr. Andre. Why don't you start with your credit card collection? Uh, well, I some of the best deals you can get with cards were for, they're all from, all from Chase Bank, um, but United, uh, where we have been living, the most valuable miles for us are United miles, uh, and so I made sure and got United cards, uh, and so you can get you would get a United mileage plus card uh which has any annual fee of i don't know somewhere on hundred dollars and but you could get eighty thousand miles when you buy it or seventy thousand miles when you get it and then that could be applied towards points and um that's a lot of miles you can get a couple of round trip domestic tickets or maybe one international ticket with that um just straight off the bat so um i have done that three different times Maybe even four, actually, because uh, with if you can, if you have a small business um, or any kind of small business income, you can also get a business version of that, and so you can get miles, uh, equivalent miles for those. So I've done at least that, at least um, at least twice or three times uh, with United to get seventy, eighty thousand miles per ticket. 
yeah. per, per, per card. And again, for our lifestyle, it's been really helpful. We have gotten a pretty decent number of free or greatly reduced trips using right. these kind of miles. Also, didn't you get it passes to use the United Lounge? <laughs> yes, times? that's another perk. When you become a <laughs> Mileage Plus member, you get a pass to use the United Plus Lounge. Unfortunately, uh, the last couple of times I did this because of uh, COVID, we were unable to take it. They were just closed. They were just closed. I know. That right. was pretty annoying. Anyway, so with those two United credit cards you had, we realized right. that you never used them. So yeah. you. Well, I had downgraded them. So I. Um, so oh. the first, the mileage plus, you pay a fee to, but um, rather than close the card, I read somewhere, well, you don't need to close it because that can affect your credit score. So you might as well just downgrade it to a non uh, fee. Card. So I had two of them, two non-fee United cards that were still open, but I hadn't wasn't using them for anything at all. I hadn't for several years actually, but they were still open and on our account. So we decided, well, um, whatever the case, let's just let's just start over. Right. Yeah. We'll and I remember over. at the end of our last episode, I think we said it was time to simplify. <laughs> right. So you know, we we might recomplexify at some point, but yeah. at this point, we just needed to yeah. get rid of stuff. Just take stock and simplify. Right. Okay. And then the next. On uh, your list? Uh, yeah, I have um, I some small independent contractor, you know, a while ago, business income. So I got a business card from Chase uh, um, that offered a sign-up bonus of about 100,000 miles. Um, are points and miles basically equivalent? Well, no. no this, so the, the, the miles from United are just straight miles. You can only use them at United or maybe you know, like buy a magazine or something. <laughs> um, or upgrades. Um, the... The Chase, this the one that I got from Chase directly. It was their Chase Inc. preferred card. Um, that uh, gives you Chase Ultimate Reward Points, uh, which are considered to be the the best the best reward points for credit cards because they're transferable, transferred, transferable to a number of partners, including Marriott and um, British Airways, and there's a whole United and there's a whole uh, Air Canada. I don't know. I don't know which ones they are, but there's a bunch of ones you can transfer them to. And depending on which flight you're doing and where you're buying your ticket, you can get a better deal or a worse deal with those things. You can also spend them directly through Chase's portal. Um, and if you have one of their preferred cards, then you get basically a discount of twenty of twenty percent or even up to like thirty three percent if you have one of their expensive cards. So anyway, there's all kinds of complicated accounting that goes on but they're very valuable because you can transfer them to other partners and get a better deal or you if there's just a good deal on the flight and using miles is not advantageous you can simply pay in cash through their travel portal and get a discount yeah so so i had uh, this this ink card gets you these ultimate reward points so we we use those um several times I, i this is i did that at least twice you know, I got the the business one, and then I got this this Chase Sapphire card, uh, and which gives you a hundred thousand or eighty thousand points or something like that. So those are very very valuable miles that can be transferred to different partners. Right. So you had two of these open, two of these. Well, I, had, Chase I had a business one, cards. and I had the the Chase Sapphire, which is a, just Sapphire. a personal card. I remember one time, I the first time I brought out my Sapphire card, <laughs> the person I was giving it to to ring me up was like, oh. I like that card. <laughs> well, they're aluminum. They're kind of a little heavy. They yeah. Have that sort of weightiness to them. You know what's it's terrible? Good, good branding. It, is I, I like to think of myself as fairly resistant to the mimetic um, desire of others. But I have to say, after that person said that to me, I was like, 
I like my Sapphire card too. <laughs> so pathetic. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's a card that that, that both of us um, have have got a couple well, of different times. Yeah. Okay. So, but what did we decide? So you had two of them open. So what right. Did you so I decided that I, I haven't used the business one in a long time. Um, and should we wish to take advantage of another offer in the future, we should close it anyway. So um, I decided to call it up and just disclose that account as well. So I I closed. Um, I had three, four, I guess four active cards, and so I just closed three of them. And also, it's worth saying that on that that Chase one that you closed, mm. you had just recently paid the re-up fee for the next year. Right. So you called first right. to also to find out whether yeah. you could get any of that right. refunded. So I had been, you know, if I were if we were really on top of it, we would close them or downgrade them right away or get some kind of bonus. And then we have not, since the pandemic, been on top of these things. And so we paid a couple years of fees on these things that we shouldn't have. I think we're still, we're definitely still in the black, um, but we have not been as attentive to them as we, we could have been. Um, so um, part of this is to right now simply take assess what we're doing and you know disentangle ourselves from as much as we can and right. simplify but they simplify. did end up just prorating the fee they didn't you right. weren't stuck it will, with the it will be it will be refunded right it will be refunded prorated right. right and then we finally decided you'd keep the other chase card right. for the moment we have some accumulated points that are attached to that card and um, if you don't um, if you still have the card um, they're valuable in the sense that you can use them uh, to purchase uh, travel uh, at a discount, so we'll probably keep keep that card um, and even pay the fee um, right. at least for, Plus maybe, you, for for maybe one year. You did need at least one credit card. I didn't need at least one. We, probably um, Zara uh, has another uh, of the same branding. We'll probably cancel one of those because so, we don't need both of them. Right. So now to pick up on my side, mm. um, well, I started with the fact that I had a Bank of America credit card. Right. Um, and the reason I had it is because it's attached to a bank that I've been with for decades. Right. And so, therefore, I've had this, um, even though I think the credit card got transferred to Bank of America at some point, it wasn't right. where I started. Right. It considers me a member since 2003, so 20 years now. Yeah. And um, we read or heard somewhere. Yeah, basically, we've talked about this before, we're talking about the credit rating agencies. And one of the ways they calculate your credit is basically how often do you pay? How, how good are you at paying on time? Um, they also calculate how much credit you have open to you. The, the more credit is available to you, the higher your credit score. So one of the things that happens is when you trans when you cancel a credit card, um, if you want to keep your credit rating high, you actually transfer the credit uh, to another card so that you remain it, it remains as high. Um, the other thing they, they calculated on is how long your accounts have been open. And so apparently the most important thing is how long have you had credit available to you. So this is the, our, our oldest one. So um, it's valuable for us simply to have the length the length of credit as extended. Since we, don't, we have this complicated international life, we don't have like mortgages or other things that we've been paying on down for, for decades. So um, this mm -hmm. is a good sort of uh, mark, mark for us should we choose in the future to want to get a loan for something right so it's credit continuity and you and i have the same number on the card it's the same account right, with just for right, both of our names account, right. right so basically all i have to do is use it once every two years to keep it active right. but otherwise it's just stashed away not for active yeah, use so we don't use that so that's that's the continuity card right. then as mentioned i also have a chase sapphire card which we got because it gave me a hundred thousand points and 
I do pay that annual $95 fee on it, and we decided to keep that one because of the travel discounts and accumulated points that go with it. And it, it should point, it's not just what's accumulated, but because of, you mentioned this travel portal, which is quite useful for how we live. Um, but then we looked, uh, I also had this business preferred ink card from Chase, same thing, hundred thousand points, $95 a year. Um, but we decided that was, there was no need to have that open as a duplicate. So closed that one down. And then I had one more Chase card. This was a business unlimited and it doesn't have a fee attached to it. Um, it must've had some sort of, yeah, there was a bonus. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have a lot of the other perks, but we decided to keep it. And this is for a different form of disentanglement, basically, because as I mentioned here, I have a very, very small, small business. Um, we decided that for the sake of better accounting practices within the family ecosystem, that I would start doing all of my business purchases on this card. It doesn't have the international like waiver that the other card has, but all my business expenses yeah, so that's basically one of the thing. are one, the, in the, the U.S. The cards that you have a fee often um, um, have no charge nothing to use the card when you're traveling abroad. So they have a very favorable exchange rate. It's easy to use for any any amount. You just use it and there's no fee and the exchange rate is usually whatever the market rate is. It's it's pretty much t- completely transparent. So that's for us living internationally, that's important for us. We would not use um, a U.S.-based credit card that had a fee attached to it because that would add up pretty quickly. Yeah, probably actually the annual fee we pay more than recoups what we would be spending on right if we were fees. if we were using one with a fee, correct? Right, and like you said, so my business expenses are pretty much entirely within the U.S., so there's no need to have that, and then there's no fee. Right. So what that means is we went from eight credit cards open to four. One is the continuity card we never use. Right. One is the um. Uh, the card we each have the, from the same type that has the annual fee but no international transaction costs. Right. And then one is the no fee but no international waiver that I'm only using for right. business. So in terms of just simplifying, that has definitely been a step in the right direction. Right. Exactly. Right. So that was good for just disentangling ourselves from kind of these uh, financial ties that we were not keeping on top of. And that's often how people end up losing a lot of money uselessly because they're not watching it. But it still leaves open the issue that um, credit cards at least are monitoring every vendor you buy from, every single purchase, and it is connected to our real identity. As far as we know, they don't know the exact items that we're buying from each vendor but given the um, level of um, breaches of privacy and other ways of, um, you know, what do you call it? Correlating. Correlating data. It seems like there are not many secrets withheld from well, credit th- companies. When you buy something, as you know, you, you get your statement. It gives you a category into which something um, applies. That's how they're able to give their rewards for travel or groceries right. or gas. I mean, with the vendor... Is slots into a category, and that is reported to, to them. So they don't lo- know at least what category. And f- for the most part, this is I, d- I don't see this as a huge. Uh, it's not leaking a whole lot of data that you know a family of a certain size is going to spend a certain amount on groceries or whatever. This is not like, to me, that's not the most revealing kind of data. You know, yeah. people have been upset lately in the U.S. over uh, firearms-related purchases being regulated by certain. Oh, right. um, uh, things or of course those who are um, 
uh, buying adult material, <laughs> right? And or, uh, or um, medical expenses, medical expenses, mental health related mental health, issues. Right. So th- those things also can become can start. If you to be support sensitive. charities that right. somebody might have a strong opinion about, right. and one these way or things another. can get correlated into, for instance, how like what what might your insurance premiums be, uh, your mm. for um, your um, uh, your health insurance, uh, your um, uh, uh, life insurance, your home insurance, all these mm. things can be calculated and manipulated or um, adjusted to some degree based upon your spending patterns. Right. So what do we think about that? I, what I said at the outset is, um, I think, important, which is this is a rare case. If you get a, a credit card with some sort of reward or points attached to it, right. at least you're being paid for your data for a change, yeah. among other things. Right. And almost every other system is purely extractive without your even knowing it, right. much less telling you about it. And then I don't know how clearly they tell you about it here, but actually giving you something in return. And the fact is the way our, at least the parts of the world we live in today, we need to have credit cards. They do offer other benefits like not having to worry about currency when we change countries, the protection in case of fraud and things like that. There are they also offer you, benefits. In, for instance, if you rent a car, they offer insurance. Um, there's some travel right. insurance that's included with them. Just um, You need to know how that, how that works um, and probably... Um, we're not nearly as well informed as we would need to be, but there are a lot of perks and riders attached to these cards. There's lots of advantages, and so I think if you're going to use a credit card, it makes sense to, to take advantage of them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and get paid for a change for your data. Uh, let, and there is yes, your data is to some degree for sale and used um, when you use credit cards, in particular because it's an unsecured debt, and they legitimately have have a legitimate concern to monitor those sorts of things because they want to be paid and that. Right. When you agree for, especially to unsecured debt, which is different from a mortgage, which is secured with the house, um, you're consenting to do that. Uh, however, um, it, in all honesty, any time you enter into the official banking system that is subject to anti-mundering, <laughs> anti-money laundering, know your customer, a- KYC AML uh, laws, CYA <laughs> laws, uh, you are agreeing. Um, to a large degree, to be surveyed. And all of those transactions are, um, in fact, recorded uh, into a common um, fraud detection system um, called uh, called early warning, uh, and from which you can get a report if you desire. Uh, there are also, when you transfer money, be- or when you transfer information between accounts like we have been doing between our bank accounts and credit card accounts and a, a system, an aggregating system like Mint or Personal Capital, you are also using a system called Plaid or Plaid, um, uh, and that uh, that information is transparent to them. Now, they are the intermediary. I think they go out of their way not to store too much data because um, uh, it's toxic to them, uh, but they do serve as that intermediary, and it is a vulnerable point in personal data. Right. So I think the one solution for people who are more concerned than we are, um, we mentioned before the service privacy.com. Right. And for free, it'll mask you towards the vendor. Right. 
but you can give a fake name and, and mailing right. address. The vendor. And the reason you would want to do that is that um, should a vendor's services um, customer database be breached, then it would be very clear that you were a person who had bought something from them for this amount at this time, um, and this is your credit card number. Right. right. So if with that, you could mask your payment, your billing information. You just put in false inf- billing information, whatever you want, and then the credit card number works, but it's only it only works with that vendor. Right. And but it's it, analogous to using simple login, which we mentioned a few episodes right. back, for one email address per use. So if right. it gets breached, it's only that one thing. Right. So you're hoping that um, privacy.com doesn't get breached because that would be a pro- <laughs> that would be a problem and that would reveal everything however right. it doesn't uh, for the basic fee it does not mask it from your bank now for most people that's okay you know we get the bank banks are subject to different regulation and I don't um, believe they will sell that data um, uh, and it helps also when you see the charge and you're you know exactly you know what it's for if you do f- pay a fee to privacy, um, it will mask it also from your bank, and it will just say privacy.com or um, NSA sur- surplus or whatever. They have a number of things you can choose. You can choose <laughs> it to be from. <laughs> um, right. So, and that hides it from your bank, but it does mean that uh, privacy.com becomes the focal point. Well, they all, it, it says so, that anyway. It says yeah. privacy.com. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like for a, a hacker. Well, it's it, it's yeah. Not, yeah it's, Their it's, whole business model depends on not getting hacked, obviously. Right. But that has not stopped other businesses right. whose model. So I can imagine they're they're hacked. under they're under heavy um, attack. Um, right. That that particular company, and who knows that may that may or may not work. But and, you know, it, but it, that would simply a way of masking. It's not hiding anything from anybody. Um, um, if if the somebody subpoenas your information, they would they if they get a court order, they could go to them and get the information. Um, but it is a lot more. It's a, would be more difficult to um, to access uh, than simply using all your real information everywhere. Right, but again, our threat model is not a state level actor. Right, but that that also is also simplifies things for us. So if we were to start doing that, then we would be able to see very clearly that this is coming from this fin- that, that um, uh, it's coming from a bank account, and then. We don't have to keep, that's one less account we need to keep track of. Right. Okay, so the takeaway for this episode is, since you're going to use credit cards anyway, make sure that you're on top of them. Don't keep ones that are charging you or taking advantage of you without any benefit to it. And if at all possible, get some money and points back, since they are certainly making money off of you. Yeah, and um, if I could recommend a couple of resources um, here, um, they're Brandon over at The Mad Fientist has a whole credit card rewards series and some tools for keeping track of that that's worth it if this is something you want to do. Um, Also, uh, the guys over at uh, Choose FI also have a travel rewards academy. It's free. It's like a number, a set of emails you get that kind of introduces you to do that. Now, again, anybody whose finances are not well in order shouldn't even think about this. (laughs) Um, But if you are... um, a good or well organized and in in good standing um it's something at least to consider to get something back for your credit cards um it's not the most private thing and i don't we'll, we may or may not continue um with the strategy uh but it's something uh that we um that uh when we think about disentangling ourselves that we simply wanted to 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 reassess at this point 